The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. They'd get his. I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrough. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. Uh, as always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House 2572 City Place Court. There is no more LSU basketball. Jesus Christ, we will get into that in a second. Oh. Uh, I hope they had hard drugs. They, they need 136 draft beers. This wasn't an, isn't enough. And their fantastic menu isn't enough to, to ease the pain of that LSU debacle. But the Pelican House, they're awesome. They still have LSU baseball. And I didn't realize it, but LSU gymnastics on Friday night is a thing. So you can go and watch the number one gymnastics team in America at the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court. Is that bedroom. a fact? Is, is that a, is that accurate? They are a thing. They sell out the 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 they they sell out the PMAC on Friday night, and it's on the they, SEC network. And my mom called me and was like, "I want to watch LSU gymnastics." They're so, number one, really. They're number one. Hmm. Or they were. Yeah, you know their number one baseball team is also playing Tulane as we speak. Yes, so you can go and, to the Pelican and, House right now. And beating them. And be- So <laughs> go to the Pelican well, LSU, they love to lose midweek games. So go to the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court. You should support them because they support us. All right. You, you know, um, Dave, if I didn't know any better, I would think that you've converted into an LSU fan with all the pro-LSU tweets that Canal Street Chronicles Twitter is uh, putting out there. I think that's just you know, JR getting the pass. Yeah, you, yeah, get you know, you know that's not me. <laughs> um, oh, oh, I think it is. Before, <laughs> yeah, before, before we get to Saints, the little news that they had, me and Andrew are going to spend 90 seconds together and just vent on LSU. That game, that night was the worst night in Louisiana basketball history. LSU game that encapsulated their whole season. They gag it away in horrific fashion, and then the Pelicans. Top them like 90 minutes later. Just a horrific night of basketball, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was so – I was in such disbelief and so disgusted after the LSU game. I, I didn't even watch the Pelicans. And I watch pretty much every Pelicans game all season. So um, I, I was happy that I avoided that because my level of pain and anger would have only have gotten worse. But, man, with LSU – I mean, you said it, it encapsulated their whole season in one game, and it, it was the most painful season ever. Um, and it was just a comedy of errors. I still can't believe they lost that game. I, can't. I, I, I literally, I don't even know what to say about it. I'm still dumbfounded. It was like getting hit by a dump truck and just waking up and asking <laughs> yourself what the hell happened. It's my favorite analogy. It was like watching a toddler try to cross the road. You just knew that it was going to be bad. About I mean, the minutes. last two minutes were literally – it was like I was watching it in slow motion. <laughs> All right. People don't want to hear us talk about LSU. They know it was terrible. All right. Nobody they, wants to hear anybody the Saints, about LSU the, the Saints didn't rage trade this week. They didn't do any moves. All they did uh, was have uh, Anthony Spencer in for a visit. Uh, he's the new and improved uh, Victor Butler apparently. Uh, you mean the old and decrepit <laughs> version? Oh, well, we know how well Victor Butler turned out. Victor Butler's 27, Anthony Spencer's 31. Oh, man. He is. He's, so he's like the he's like the, he's like the AARP version of Victor Butler? Is that what you're telling me? You know what he is. He's a, tw- he's a 2014 version of Champ Bailey, the 2015 version. Well, I mean, okay, that's a good starting the, – the thing is – and jump in here, either one of you. I didn't feel like this, the Champ Bailey signing was a bad signing. The problem with the Champ Bailey signing was 
they drafted a guy for a redshirt year and depended on Champ Bailey yeah. to play no, a major role. Exactly. It was make it. It was make or break for Bailey. And if he if he didn't pan out, they had no plan B. They had no other recourse if he couldn't be a serviceable number two corner. But like Bailey, I have no problem bringing in a guy like Spencer or any veteran. Bring him to camp. If he's not good enough, he gets cut. No harm, no foul. What's a problem is when you give these guys huge contracts. If Spencer is going to come on a minimum deal, camp, maybe he makes the team. He's a good leader. Dave, what do you think of Anthony Spencer? Are you pumped? Dave is Dave. Dave is gone. He'll be back. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, my, micro fracture knee surgery is a scary one. I mean, a lot of players struggle to come back from that one. So, yeah. Um, you know, he he hasn't been the same since that, and it's really too bad because he was kind of an up and coming player. Got franchise tagged. I mean, he was really uh, before that injury um, an animal. Um, but uh, you know, now he's kind of in the twilight of his career. You just kind of hope that maybe they do sign him, and if they do, they can milk a year or two out of them you know maybe you get a sharper Darren Sharper syndrome uh where you get a guy that's kind of at the tail end of his career he's been banged up but um you know kind of just in his final year uh comes up with the goods well I mean Dave just dropped out again uh I, it's not not to bring up Darren Sharper but well yeah. we'll get to him rotting in prison eventually um yeah I mean they just I don't have a problem with I, I like the veteran signings I mean the thing is, like you said, you can't you, you can't depend on him. The right. question I guess I have is, um, do you think that Anthony Spencer will kind of be Dave, Dave's Dave? Are you back? I guess not. Uh, <laughs> um, do you think this will be like their final if they sign Anthony Spencer? Do you think they're kind of done free agency wise? No, I mean, I, I still think they could add some guys, you know, like Eric Lorig type signings. I'm not saying they would get a fullback, but, I, you know, guys that are out there on the market that, um, you know, I mean, Steve Breston, remember a couple off seasons ago, they added a veteran like that. So I could see them kind of kicking the tires on some vets like that. But, uh, I, I mean, I definitely think they're done. I mean, really, if you look at the free agents out there, there's really no one else um, that uh, that's that appealing, you know, in terms of, helping your roster. One thing I will throw out there, Ralph, that I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if uh, the saints went this route um, is, you know, there, a lot of people have likened some of these saints moves to 2006. In fact, I think Tom Benson in an interview did today as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just kind of the overhaul. And, and one thing I kind of remember about the early days of Sean Payton was he wasn't against trading draft picks for veterans. But, yeah. Yep. Jeff Fain, Hollis Thomas, yep. uh, Scott Shanley. Um, so I, I wouldn't put it past him, you know, if he feels like they need some guys that can help right away. Because the Saints, I firmly believe they're still in win-now mode. Yeah. And some of these draft picks that they've acquired are great, but they may want to try to turn them into immediate assets, assets that can help I, them right away. I mean, the, the, the thing with the Saints, though, that, you, that makes it harder – than 2006 for that is if you are, if you're acquiring veteran players, they had no cap issues in 06. You're right. Basically. No, but I think I still think the Jari Evans contract is something that could free up, you yeah. know, upwards of five million dollars, and uh, you know that's probably. I mean, they're not going to trade for for Mario Williams or anything, you know, any contract like that. Um, but you know, I, again, I mean, Shanley, he, he wasn't making a ton of money when they acquired him. No. Um, so guys like that, they can still pick up and linebacker. I mean, I was surprised. I went, I thought they might sniff around Brandon Marshall a little bit. I was a little bit surprised just because with the, with the Ryan pace connection, you know? Um, yeah, I just don't see the, the character is an issue there. Yeah. But I mean, he's he's been okay. I mean, he's been the, the main issue they said with him in Chicago last year was wasn't that um uh uh he uh he they said that he uh the Bears were mad at him because he was being on inside the NFL too much. It wasn't that he was like a locker room cancer. Dave, are you back? All, all I know is he's been run out of town by three straight teams now. Dave, are you back? For now. 
Yeah. Um, is there a free agent move or something that, that you're like, you feel like before the draft comes around, Dave, that you feel like the Saints need to make? Um, you know, I don't know who, who's left out there on the market that hasn't been taken up. Obviously anybody left isn't, you know, may not necessarily be starter material or isn't going to be, uh, you know, a game changing player. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know, just, just somebody, again, somebody on the defensive side of the ball, I'd say a linebacker really. I mean, well, I yeah. Like so this. let's, let's talk about a position. I mean, I would have said, and I think you guys would agree that at the beginning of the off season, the biggest hole was cornerback, the second cornerback, and they signed Brandon Browner, so we feel maybe a little bit better Canada about that. Don't forget Canada Dion. Yeah, don't, and Canada Dion, and obviously the Pirate is, is going to have a transformation in year two, <laughs> so everything's good there. No, but um, so that that's kind of patched up at least for now. Obviously, they add a center, they lose their starting superstar tight end. Do we feel good about tight end? Eh, I mean, Josh Hill could be the guy. Um, they lose Kenny Stills, so there's now maybe a need at receiver, but we don't know if Brandon Coleman, Shontavious Jones, maybe those guys step up, Nick Toon. Um, is Brandon so, Coleman on the roster? He is. Um, so, and as is Andy Tanner. Uh-huh. But um, I'm, I'm that I knew. I think I'm with Dave. I, I think linebacker, especially of the pass rushing variety, I mean, I, it it seems like all this Galette stuff is starting to go away. So I, I do think there's a decent chance that he's not going to get suspended. Um, but all the same, you know, whether it's Anthony Spencer or some other guy, for me, the biggest need, and I think Tim Lolito could be okay at left guard if he ends up being the center, or I'm sorry, the left guard. But I, I think right now pass rush is something they need to address. Do you, you know, but can you – Man, veteran pass rush, it's hard to get – it's hard to go find a guy that's a veteran pass rush. I mean, the, the, guy, the guys like John Abraham that bounce from team to team to team and still get you seven to ten sacks are just like so rare, you know? And they want, and they want money. And they want money, but the thing is like John Abraham, he did it for years and years and, and until like the last year where he quit, like he was still churning out ten sacks a year. Yeah. You know? Well, then that's why – in my opinion, you lose a guy like Tyron Walker. I mean, that's a guy you've been developing. He's yeah. shown some nice things, and that's potentially a guy that could become that for you. Um, you know, he's gotten a little bit better every year, and it just, um, again, I, I hate to belabor that, but it just really sucks that they weren't able to hold on to a guy that they kind of built in house like yeah, that. Yeah, that. I mean that. I mean that was a that that was a the one the one thing where you said the salary cap bit them there. You know? Yeah. Um, all right, Dave. Uh, we talked about moves left to do. Um, and I just want to touch on this. Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis actually talked this week. Uh, I watched the interviews. Did you see, Dave, did you see anything interesting or read anything interesting no. about their – anything no. strike you about their talking about Jimmy Graham and the offseason so far? Anything no. strike you as interesting? No. I think it was all the regular generic rhetoric that we that we normally hear from them. You know, I would say the only thing that sort of stood out for me was that <clears throat> Mickey Loomis said, uh, you know, that this draft was important, and uh, you know, so I'm 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 happy to hear him say that. You know, obviously, what else would he say? He's not going to say this draft is <laughs> this draft's important. a throwaway. Yeah, uh, you know, but uh, but it's it's good to hear that because because really and truly this is really an important draft when you've, you've traded away all these players for and you've acquired draft picks in their place. Um, obviously, the goal here is to draft well this year, and you know you'd like to think with nine picks that they're going to get two, at, and possibly even three starters. I mean, that would well, be amazing. Well, I mean, here's the thing that you know. And look, we give them a pass because they came off of winning a Super Bowl. But now that Jimmy Graham's gone, they have nobody left from the 2010 draft. And that draft is a fucking disaster. I mean, I know we were all high as hell because they won the Super Bowl and it was cool. But I mean, Patrick Robinson, Charles Brown, then Jimmy Graham, they traded up to get out Woods. He didn't make the team. I mean that Andrew, that draft is draft is 
was bad. Yeah, but I still think Jimmy Graham you view as a home run. I mean, you know, he, he for the time that he played with the Saints, he he was unstoppable when healthy, and even when injured, he was per, more productive than almost any tight end in the game. And he he returns Max Unger and a first round pick, so um, you know that's an extension of that pick. And uh, I think any way you look at it, that's a home run. Um, and I think most teams would be lucky and thrilled to have one guy. If you told any team you will get a guy, a difference maker like Jimmy Graham out of this class, and that's it, and ev- everything else sucks. And it does. Uh, I think they, I think they would take it. I forgot I about Matt Tennant. They traded up to get him too. Yeah, that's usually their draft every year anyway. That's usually how it goes. They might get one guy that's good, and the rest of it are throwaways. Well, no, but Jimmy Graham is uh, – there's no one on the roster besides Breeze that is on Graham's level. I mean, that that's superstar level. That's not well, good. Well, now that's... there really isn't anybody on the roster that's at Breeze's yeah. level. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, think though, I think, though, that the 2010 draft – you couple the 2010 draft being – I guess you can give it a – I guess you can give it a – you got, you got one player – but you couple the rest of it, the draft disaster with the Goodell mess. Um, Will somebody re- uh, respond to Kevin, please? <laughs> he's, he's calling. Fucking it. idiot. How, how often do we do blog talk? It's always on Skype. Oh, well, sometimes, you know, we do emergencies. Yeah, one, one every 10 podcasts is on blog talk. Uh, more like 50. <laughs> right. So, um, but you couple the, the the 2010 draft disaster with the Goodell taking away two second round picks and the pirate. I mean, Andrew, I could argue that that pretty much explains why the Saints are where they are. It's not the cap; it's those two things. What Goodell and what else? It's the the Goodell taking away the picks and the 2010 draft was a fucking disaster. And oh well, I mean, I think part of it is is in general. I I just don't think the Saints. Really, other than the Graham pick, have done a great job, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Ingram has turned out okay, and you know he's coming back, so he, hopefully that ends up being a good pick. And uh, I think the jury's still out on Cam Jordan, but I, he he certainly looks like he'll end up being a pretty good pick. And uh, Vaccaro, one good year, one god awful year, so uh, we're left kind of scratching our heads on that one, but still hopeful. Um, but you know, there, there's not a lot of home run picks in there. I mean, there's a few guys that are solid uh, and a lot of guys that aren't even on the team anymore. So um, I, I, I think, again, when we've talked about this Jeff Ireland thing, we've re- they're putting a lot of eggs in the Jeff Ireland basket. And uh, I think as th- that's as much of an indictment into their own ability to recognize talent as it is any sort of putting Ireland on a pedestal. Um, and so that should be concerning to every Saints fan because it's basically an acknowledgement that the way we've been doing things in the draft hasn't been working. Well, I mean, at least it's different. And yeah. If Dave, at least it's different. I mean, well, it's different, all right. <laughs> we needed to see what was going to be behind door number two, so at least we're getting. I'm, that. So I mean, and, I mean, it is different. So far, I I see the logic behind it, and it makes sense to me, and I'm happy they're doing it. Um, so I have no, I have no problems with it. I, I don't either. I mean, my thing is I'm an, my wife is a diehard Astros fan and I'm, I'm an Astros fan. They're my baseball team, but not on the level that she is at, but they, they went to the world series in 05 and in 06, they almost made it back because their division was crummy and they should have blown that son of a bitch up at the trading deadline in 07. But instead, they hung on and hung on in 2007, 8, and 9. They just slid into mediocrity and worse. And we're on year 6 of the fucking rebuilding plan. So, the Saints are taking the leap a year early. And, I, I mean, it's fu- I mean, it's fine by me, but it's risky as hell. I mean, if they, if, if they don't hit on three of these picks, at least... They don't get an infusion of two or three players that are starting and contributing. I gotta say, there. I think they might slide back to like five, six wins, four or four. You know. What do you guys feel like is the most important position to get competition? I mean, you look at the starting lineup right now. I mean, obviously, Cooks and Colston are the receivers. Uh, probably, I guess, Nick Toon is the number three for now. 
Um, and then at tight end, you've <laughs> okay. got Ben Ben Watson and Josh Hill. Um, you know, Lolito is the starting left guard. You've got uh, Galette at outside linebacker. You've got, uh, you know, Keenan Lewis and Browner. Um, and then, uh, I mean, you I'm, know, the rest of the roster. I mean, who, who do you guys feel like needs the most competition right now? Dave, you can go first. I, I know who I'm going to say, though. I mean, the real answer is that there's quite quite a lot of positions. I, I would yeah, say I'm I agree. Not, I am not. I, I think the signing of Brandon B- Browner being the only move that they've made at cornerback. I mean, I, I think that's just like uh, putting a Band-Aid on, on a very large wound. <laughs> it's a key um, uh, you know, I just, so Dave, do you like the tra- there, drafting there tra- Trey more. Waynes at 13th overall? Uh, oh yeah, I absolutely would. If he was available, I, I feel like all the quote-unquote you know mock drafts or whatever, um, they all seem to have him gone by the time the Saints uh, are on the clock. But if he was available, um, I would say yeah. I, I, you, you can't just have two corner, two good cornerbacks, and then nothing behind them. Uh, once one of the, them goes down and I can almost assure you that one of them will go down with an injury at some point you know you don't want to get in a situation where, where it's just it's just hopeless and you know you want to have a good secondary because that's going to help the pass rush um, if you can if you can keep those receivers covered you're going to get a lot of coverage sacks and that kind of stuff so you know uh, the, the position that needs the most help on defense is linebacker because they really don't really have any, any anybody there but so is drafting one great player at the linebacker position, that's not creating competition. That's just, you know, trying to get somebody that's good at linebacker. So as far as competition is concerned, I'd, I'd say it's a cornerback. Kevin has joined us. He's taking a break yeah, from his heard. wrestling town hall meeting or whatever the hell he does. Uh, Held, um, what position, now that the Saints are kind of done with their offseason moves, what position, if they don't get it in the draft – Will you be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they didn't add a position. They didn't draft a guy at that position. Well, Dave already touched on linebacker. Dave also, well, actually, Dave was talking competition with corner, and I I would agree. Uh, And I guess maybe listening to you rant about how they haven't done shit with linebackers in forever, I guess I wouldn't be disappointed if they, you know, ignored it yet again. And <laughs> they are. Pick, and, pick, and just pick three guys off the waiver wire or whatever. Uh, LRB is the answer, baby. LRB. <laughs> right. Well, t- oh tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, Kevin Skyver has a really good post, uh, a very detailed post about LRB. So. Well, here's my thing. Here's my thing, and I'm gonna. This will surprise I, you. I, I was gonna say O line. I know, Kevin. You took my thing, and here's why. I think if the Saints. At 13, say they draft Lyle Collins from LSU, and he's awesome. Then you've got an awesome center, an awesome young guard. Maybe Jari Evans can get healthy, and you can he can go back to being a B-plus player. You got your left tackle good. You got Streif. Suddenly your offensive line is a strength, and you're not just patching holes. So that's why I, I kind of hope they, they go – offensive line but they've got to nail it because if they don't if they just pick a guy then it's not then it's just going to be okay i think if they hit on it it has a chance to be a real strength yeah i mean brandon scherf and um lel collins those two guys i mean either of those guys i don't like iowa linemen they always get hype and they never end up being that good you can't you can't be vague like that and assume that all Iowa linemen are, are Robert created Gallery's equal. That's dead, ridiculous. I mean, they're all kind of meh. They come out, that's, they're like, it's fair. great. Kirk Ferentz is the O-line genius. And they try these guys, they're either bust or they're like, eh. That's fair. But the reason I like both of these guys, and both of these guys are potentially available at 13, and would that's kind of the range that they would get picked in. So, uh, But the reason I like both is both kind of have that guard tackle X factor where they could play either position. And I think the saints would be a perfect situation for them where they kind of get started at guard as a rookie. And then maybe if when Streif retires, they develop the tackle and move over there. So it's kind of a good position right now to draft a guy that could, that's kind of a swing player that can do either one. 
um, all right. Now we're gonna we're gonna do uh, a little bit on Darren Sharper, and that's why I'm glad Kevin finally called in. Kevin, <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. I have a question for you. I'm not gonna get the whole yep. Darren Sharper. He's Here's- evil, whatever. Here's the thing I don't understand. I just tweeted out that. Darren Sharper is going to rot in jail, and now when I watch the Saints 2009 highlights, I feel a little bit icky, and it's just 5%. I think I said it was it's 5% less less awesome or something like that, and people fucking yeah. came at me on Twitter like you wouldn't believe. Right, 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 right. Hey, you're not a real fan, bro. You're not a real fan. It's either it's Compartmentalist, bro. You're not – Right. You're not a real fan, or it's just, you're only rooting for laundry, bro. You're only rooting for laundry, dude. You know what? Fuck off, okay? I know everybody says you're rooting for laundry. There's a motherfucker that has to wear that shirt. The shirt don't hang up on its own. A body has to fill that jersey, okay? And the guy that fucking was filling that jersey was Darren Shirt, a, a now fucking convicted sexual predator in multiple states and and a goddamn deviant and a a pre, a a predator of women and i know they said like oh you know the, like i was listening to the radio reports and it's like oh the you know uh not, not oh but it was just they were just reporting the facts these occurred after he retired from football and and the whole and I my and first thought was like my first thought was thank God, <laughs> but then my second thought was yeah right that we know of that so, we know of like well, like I, I, I and I even said I even felt guilty for thinking thank God he didn't he, he chose to he chose to wait to start raping drugging <laughs> and raping women uh when he retired from football. And he was right. going to be – and he, the, the thing – I know this doesn't matter necessarily, guys, but he was going to be a star for the NFL. Like he was good on TV. Like I know that's completely yeah, wasn't, wasn't, separate. He issue. was on local TV, wasn't he? He was on local, and he was on NFL Network, and he was like good at it. Like not some of these ex-players. Like he, yeah. And so, Andrew, Dave, do you have any other thoughts? I just – I don't know. I think it's all been said. Thank, and the last thing I'll no, say – No, I mean I, I do think it's a little bit – um, of a catch-22 because I feel like a lot of the people that are like, oh, you root for the jersey, you don't root for the player, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I personally, I agree with that. I mean, for me, I'm the emblem, and I root for the organization. I I, I don't require root for being citizens at all times, but I don't think it's much to ask for that they not be serial rapists. Yeah. You <laughs> no. know? And, and I, I think that the total d- double standard there is that you say anything critical about Drew Brees, and you have a a huge boatload of people. I mean, you you've got all of his diehard followers that immediately crucify you on Twitter if you if you say anything if you if you respond to any of his tweets or criticize the amount of sponsorships that he does tweeting. The, you'll get 50 mentions of people he going nuts tweet, on you. That's not, he doesn't do non-sponsored tweets, Andrew. That's a lie. But I'm just saying the point is you look at Breeze, and one day he's going to retire. He's not going to be a Saint anymore. And you know what? If the Saints part ways with him, I'm going to root for the quarterback that is – even if he's awful, that's the guy I'm going to root for, whoever is throwing the passes. And eventually it's not going to be Breeze. And there are some fans – that aren't going to feel that way. So I, I just think that's not consistent with how they're treating Darren Sharper. And I'm sorry, but like it, I, selfishly, I'm glad it's Tracy Porter that had the no, I was Super Bowl and thing. not Darren Sharper because that if was... I had to watch Darren Sharper run that pick back, yeah, it would be going through my mind if I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that was going to be my final thought. Thank God. It was Tracy Porter that had the pick against Minnesota and the Super Bowl pick. Because you can say whatever you want. It would have sucked if America, every time they saw that Super Bowl highlight, would be like, oh, Darren Sharper, he raped those people in those they f- wouldn't. Yeah, but they wouldn't be showing that highlight, though. That's Oh, that's true. That that, that would make it, it so worse. Be, but, the NFL would never right. – I, 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 I mean, basically – I mean, I hate to make it – I hate to make it – I hate even do, making it about football again in, in this sort of situation, but it would be like, uh, you know, 
the Saints fans feel like the national media and the NFL is is out to get us. Right there, they're not showing the highlights from that Super Bowl. They're just not. They're, they're, they're not. Right. You know, you're you, that is you're a hundred percent correct. I mean, and I don't know, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. We're we're done with that. I I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I I I got I got something else to say. I love I love the uh, I love how our judicial system uh, allows a guy to admit to being a sexual predator and essentially saying, yeah, I'm not going to serve. Uh, these sentences uh, consecutively. I'm going to serve them all at the same time, so I'll be out of prison in fucking nine years. Yeah, I guess is that, it, is that done? Is that like he's going to be in jail for nine years? Pretty much, and I mean he'll be good behavior. The only yeah, thing I can think years. about, the only thing I can think about that Kevin is like they must have not, they must have felt like they they couldn't just drop the hammer. They must have the the district attorney must have felt like they didn't, you know, like going to trial yeah. it would have been risky. I mean that's the only thing I can think of. There. Yeah, well, well, well. Here, here's the thing, though, with that, he's spending nine years in federal prison. So this was a federal case. That's fucking the in the feds, ass prison. The feds <laughs> will, Hashtag he, office space. Oh yeah. Um, the feds. You know, this isn't are, some white collar resort. No. No, they will. Uh, they will take whatever victory they can get. Mm. Like, like if they if they think they can get ten years out of somebody, even though even though they even though the maximum would be like thirty or whatever or or something. And again, I'm just making making that those numbers up on on whatever on other things. But they'll take what they can get. Like if a get like if if somebody is eligible for a huge sentence, and he and the the defendant's attorneys is like, well, what if we admit cop to this? Can we work out a deal? The feds, the feds will take the deal because gotcha. they want that fucking conviction. Gotcha. They want those convictions. All right, we got it. We want to get out of here early, and we have a ton of fun Twitter questions. We'll save my my movie reviews for next week. Thanks to everybody donating for the laptop. We only need a hundred and fifty more dollars to get to seven hundred, so I can get rid of this shit laptop that starts up and it sounds like a dying fucking cruise ship or whatever grinding when I start it up. So we're only $150 away. So donate what you can. Thanks. So, to so you've had $550 in donations? Yes, I have. Man, people are uh, really going Stupid. all out for us. The economy's turning around, <laughs> Andrew. People have disposable income. That is, that is very humbling. Thank it you. Is. We just need yeah. 150 more. Thanks to Peter and John and I forget your name, but you donated five pounds, and I'm going to go in. I'm going to claim it in PayPal. <laughs> awesome. I, pro- I promise. What, what's that, like 10 bucks? It's 10 uh-huh. bucks. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I'm, I'm going to go and claim it. Um, thanks, so, Governor. Thanks, Governor. <laughs> so, all right. Dave, first, first Twitter question. I think Sir Kevin needs to make an appearance for, for that. Right, yes, I know, was, man. Was, that, was that donation had, made by Sir Kevin? So, Sir Kevin, no, what no, can Sir I get? Kevin had nothing. Sir, Sir Kevin, what? what can I get with five pounds in Britain? Fish and oh, chips. I, 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 yeah, Sir, <laughs> Sir Kevin does not know the conversion rate. <laughs> All right, Dave, this is from Dylan. Who will have a bigger impact on 2015? My son. <laughs> uh, who will have a bigger impact in 2015 Saints season, Jarris Bird or the Saints number 13 pick? Oh, that's a good question. That that's is like a, good a legitimately question. good question. We we so rarely get those. Kind of <laughs> questions. Um, I think Jarris Bird. I mean, he he's a veteran. He's been around a while. Um, and uh, the number thirteen pick, while obvious. Well, for, first of all, you don't even know if they're going to have the number thirteen pick. They very well could trade up and get, uh, you know, and move up into six, seven, or eight spot or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I guess that doesn't. Yeah. Regardless, um, obviously you do expect your a pick that high to contribute early, just like Brandon Cooks did last year. But I still think that you you can definitely expect more out of uh, Bird, and I and I hope that we do get more out of him. Uh, Kevin, this is from Mike Jones. This is specifically for you. If Breeze and Peyton or Tom and Rita had a loser leaves town match, who would you rather leave town never to return? A match in what? Loser leaves town match, wrestling. Oh, oh, wrestling. 
if it's Breeze versus well, Breeze versus Peyton, and then Tom versus and, Rita. And Tom versus Rita. Uh, I would probably. Oh Jesus. Well, I, I don't know the full extent <laughs> of shenanigans that Rita was doing. Um. So I, I don't know. Like I don't know for sure that she may be fit to run the team or not. But at the same time, I know Tom Benson is. Uh, he, he's uh closer to the twilight than he is the dawn, as it were. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess well, I would well oh, God damn it. But uh, sorry, you know what? I'm gonna roll the dice and go with the wild card and I'll take Rita on that one. Ooh. Uh, uh, and actually uh, since it is Tom Benson, can we instead of making it a loser leaves town match, can we just make it a casket match and just make it official? <laughs> oh, man, um brutal. and then with Peyton and Breeze, yeah I know, thank you. Uh, Peyton Breeze. Oh shit! I tell you what, I've already got I, I got the booking. Uh, we'll do Memphis style. We're gonna Memphis style this thing. What we'll ha- what we'll do is we'll have uh, we'll have Drew Brees win. TV to work for you. Or no no no, we'll have Sean Payton win, and then we'll have Drew Brees show up four months later, but he'll be wearing a mask, and he'll call himself like the Midnight Rider or whatever. The Midnight Rider. Oh my God! I don't even. That's a wrestling reference. Like, I don't even get. Yeah, yes, it is. Uh, Dusty, Ro- Dusty Rhodes, baby. <laughs> Andrew. Dusty this Rhodes. Is, this is from Bitter the Bitter One One. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you rather be? Serial rapist serving 10 years or FAA violator serving 14 years for pointing laser at a plane? Uh. I'm not familiar with this FAA. Is that is it was this a pop guy, culture it was, reference? It was his, no, his, his guy and a, his girlfriend. They had mm-hmm. like one of those laser pointers, but like I guess like a super high powered one, uh-huh. and they were pointing it at a police helicopter that was looking for an escaped convict, and they're going to jail for 14 years. 14 years for doing that? Yeah, that's it. That's more know. than sharper. Oh yeah. man. So what would you rather be? Would God, you rather be? God bless America. You rather? Uh, I'm still. I'm spending more time in jail because at least I get to sleep at night. Yeah, and you can get out of good behavior. You can get out in seven. Yeah. All right, Kevin. Is it okay to boo Jimmy Graham? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm against booing. I'm against booing him at first. I, I think I think if Seattle comes to New Orleans, uh, I think the crowd. I, I would hope that the fans would give him a nice uh, round of applause. Uh, obviously, now obviously, if he fucking scores a touchdown and dunks over the goalpost in a Seattle Seahawks uniform, Ooh. better rain boo flags. Better fuck out of him. rain boo flags. the fuck out of him. Egg the team boss as it's leaving. The whole deal. Like, wait, did Kevin like, say if or did he say when? I said if. I said if. Don't. Type. You might want. You might want to rephrase that to when. It's happening. It's just a matter of when. Okay. Fine. You know. You know when, when the Seahawks come down. to the Superdome. Whenever that is, a year, two years, three years. Jimmy Graham will be scoring a touchdown in that game. I don't know. Here's <laughs> okay, the thing. Here's, here's the interesting thing about Jimmy Graham. He got 14 targets a game. With the Saints. He ain't getting that with Seattle. So, because they throw the fewest amount of times in the NFL. And I don't care that they have Jimmy Graham. They're not going to throw a ton more. What do you think his stat line is going to be? I'm going to say over-under for him is going to be 70 catches. Like, he's not getting in the 80-85 range. Dave, thoughts on that? If you were sitting at that 70, I would possibly even take the under on that to be wow. quite honest with you uh, you know if, if they keep Marshawn Lynch and they and they still remain the type of offense uh, that they were that we saw last season in the last couple of years I, I don't I don't even know if Graham gets that many catches Josh Hill's healthy he's going to have more catches than Jimmy Graham if somebody's in some, if somebody's in front of a computer look up how many catches all the Seahawks receivers had I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know who 
what, what the, who had the most and what that number is. All right, I'll look that up. Andrew, this is a really good question for you. Another legitimate football question from Vicky. What is the deal with Evan Mathis? Would he be good for the Saints? Why are the Eagles wanting to trade him? Uh, well, why do the Eagles want to get rid of their entire roster? I mean, I think Chip, <laughs> Chip, Chip, Chip Kelly has this vision, and uh, evidently any guy that was on the team prior to him joining, uh, he wants to ship out of there. So uh, it's a culture change. I think in Evan Mathis's case, I mean, it's a classic case of a veteran that's older that is paid very handsomely. And, you know, we, we, we saw that with Ben Grubbs, Jari Evans, uh, you know, was in limbo for a while this season. Colston had restructure. Lofton got cut. I mean, same, same deal with any vets like that. I mean, eventually your contract gets too high and your age gets up there and your age isn't worth the investment. So I, I think that's kind of a classic case. Now, the one thing about Mathis that's been impressive is he's kind of been able to maintain a level of play that's been pretty impressive as he's gotten older. So he's still really good. Uh, but I think the main thing with Mathis is financial. Uh, the Saints just can't afford him right now. Uh, Dave, the number one receiver for Seattle was Doug Baldwin. He caught 66 passes. He had yeah. 98 tar- He had 98 targets. Let's give Jimmy Graham 20% more targets. That still only gets him to 120 targets. And 20% more would put him at seven. Well, I'd put him at 78 catches. But with those alligator arms. Yeah. I mean, what's I- gonna be what's gonna be interesting is how much Graham is even on the field when they're pounding it with Marshawn Lynch. Um, you got to think that Lynch's ability to make an impact in the run game is going to be hampered with Jimmy Graham on the field blocking. Yeah. It's going to be. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say watch Josh. Jimmy, watch Jimmy. Watch watch Jimmy Graham have like fucking 55 catches for like 750 yards, but he's gonna have like nine touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. I could see something like That's that happening. happening. I mean, I, I I'm not gonna lie. I I think Jimmy Graham's a bad fit for that offense. I mean, I, I just really? think unless well, you know, we don't know what's gonna happen with Lynch, and this might be Lynch's last year. Um, so it's it's entirely possible that Seattle is going to decide that they're going to become more run and gun. They're going to start throwing the football more with Russell Wilson once um, Marshawn Lynch is out of there. Um, so they, they may start to lean less on Lynch anyway and, and kind of fun, shift, shift from that style of offense. Fun end of March question around the horn really quick. Dave, who's going to have more catches, C.J. Spiller or Jimmy Graham? Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Graham. I, you know, I, I hope he may not have 70 catches, but he'll certainly have more than Spiller. I'd say Spiller gets like 40 to 50. Andrew? Oh, I think Spiller for sure. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd bet I'd, I'd bet some handsome money on that. Kevin? Uh, I'll take Jimmy Graham. I'll take if if Spiller doesn't have more than Jimmy catches than Jimmy Graham, that means he's going to be injured. Yeah, agreed. I think, I think Spiller, I think Spiller is going to be if he's Spiller, healthy. I think Spiller will have 80 catches. Yeah, I'm no way, no way. I mean, history. You know, this is a this is a new. They're a, they're a different offense. Last year, uh, you know, they use Mark Ingram more, so they're going to run more than they usually do. And I mean, they've got Cooks, and I I, I think I, my guess is that they're actually going to go for a wide receiver in the draft somewhere in the in one of those top rounds. So, and I think they may have somebody else and I, I don't know if they, I think 80 is a lot. That's a lot. I mean, all right. Hey Dave, your 13th pick, you have Lel Collins available, Trey Wayne's available and Landon. Amari Cooper. Uh, what yeah. About Amari, Amari Cooper. Cooper. Amari Cooper. <laughs> those three, which one do you take? I would probably take Trey Wayne's, but I could certainly see, Sean Payton going with Amari Cooper. Man. I would have a hard time passing on him if he's still there. I, I know. Really would. And I, I mean, mean, you think about it, they don't really have. I mean, you know, Colston is just so old. They they, they don't have anybody like I think, him. I think uh, if, in their offense catching balls. I think if Cooper gets to, I think if Cooper gets to nine, the Saints are going to be itching yeah. to to yeah. jump above St. Louis, and that's when one yeah. of those third round picks gets into play. That's. 
that's just my opinion. History tells I, us that. Yeah, I, I, I just, I really don't think Peyton's going to be able to keep his hands off Amari of Cooper. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, me and Kevin, we, me and Kevin are going to lose our shit if they have to move up into the top five to get him. Um, <laughs> dude, if they, not even that. If they, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I don't want him to trade up. I don't want him to fucking trade up. No, I don't either. But I mean, you would like if they. If they give up like a three, it would it would make me mad, but I wouldn't like lose my shit. Or if they give up like a five to go up to ten, which that could be about the cost. Like you if, know that's not going to happen, though. It's not going to be that. It's going to be okay. I want something this year, and I want like your two next year or some shit like that. It that that's that's what the deal's going to end up being. It's not uh, going to be. Well, then I'll flip. Oh oh oh! Just give me your. Just give me your five this year. I'll let you move up like that. You know. Cooks and it was a three, right? Did you did you guys see that Wisenhunt quote uh, today? I mean, it, if if you take that seriously, it sounds like quarterbacks are going to go one two. Well, what's the what's the what's the spot, Andrew? And before we get out of here, what's the spot that you look at and you're like, early? I know it's a good ways away from there, but what what's the spot where you're like? That's sort of a spot where if this team picks an offensive player or a defensive player, that really affects what the Saints will what will happen and, and could affect the guys slide to them. Well, I think number two, it starts at number two. I mean, I think we know Tampa will go quarterback at one, or at least we hope. Um, at two, I really think the dominoes fall from there because I think if Leonard Williams drops to three, there's a big difference between that because whoever whoever is picking, if he's still available at three – I mean, you have to take him. I mean, he's the, he's arguably the best player in the draft. And you know, if Mariota goes at two, um, I, for me that that's a big deal because that pushes everyone down on the board. And uh, you know, and I mean, we want Kevin White's another guy. I mean, that's a guy that could go in the top five or the top ten. Ugh. That helps the Saints. It drops the talent down the board. No, I don't like. I don't. I, don't, I hope. I. I don't. If the Saint. If they pick Kevin White, I guess I'll talk myself into him by August. But I'm not. I don't know. Well, that's exactly why I want him to be taken before. He looks game. like he reminds me of Darian Hayward Bay. Like he runs really fast and yada yada yada. But anyway, I think, that, I think you mean Darius. Darius Hayward Bay. Anyway, Stonehands. They got picked by the Raiders really really high. Um. So that'll wrap up this podcast as we get closer and closer to the draft. Maybe the Saints will do another trade this week. You know. Um, didn't, didn't Wang? I thought Wang had a question. I could have sworn Wang had something. Um, did he? Uh, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't see Wang have it. I don't see it. Ralph, your question reading is terrible. Your, your Twitter navigation is suspect. It's, it's it's beyond. I would say it's 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 worse than suspect. <laughs> um, uh, but we'll get to it next week, Wang. We apologize. So, um. Go to Saints Nation. Andrew's got three round mock drafts, like multiple, like multi. I forgot who did it. I think it might have been. Uh, it was Brian. Brian. He did like two different versions of the draft for three rounds. He's like, well, this guy was available here, and it was it was really good reading. Um, and of course, Andrew, a long time ago, for like intriguing players that the Saints could get in free agency, C.J. Spiller was one of one of the guys on the list, along with like the center from Kansas City, and so like Andrew. Doing a pretty good job of predicting things. I also predicted Anthony Spencer a week ago. Yeah. Just saying. And Dave's got a lot of interesting things going on in Canal Street Chronicles, and people hijacking the uh, Canal Street Chronicles Twitter feed and tweeting out positive LSU things, which is fun. And Kevin is on Tinder, as always. Kevin, quick 15 second update on Tinder. How's it going? Uh, just nothing on Tinder. No bites. The, the Tinder well is dry. I think they changed up the app and it screwed up people getting mad. Sure, blame it on the app. Blame sure. the app on your... Blame in the algorithm. Blame the algorithm. So, for Kevin, yep. for Dave, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Uh, until next week, uh, be well. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. 
I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 